Hi, everyone. You are listening to the Equip podcast from Arise Ministries. Thanks for sending us a bit of feedback at info at ariseministries.net or following our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. And as always, we'd love for you to share our chat today on your social media channels. I'm Pam Kennealy, and joining me are two dear friends, Kim Heineke and Mel Hyatt. The three of us have something in common. We've all been single mothers who collectively probably have as many single mom stories of successes and challenges as you likely have stuffed in your back pocket. But the bottom line is this, and it's the reason we're here today. We love single mothers. Yep. Today, we want to talk about a topic that's extremely pertinent to all of us, and that is times when we're wrestling on the inside with the unknown future lurking on the outside. Many of you have tuned in today because that's exactly where you are, and you might even feel like an emotional wreck. These are interesting times indeed, and perhaps some of you, like me, might be facing unfamiliar life transitions or maybe, I don't know, scary changes or maybe even difficulties that reside way, way outside your control and comfort zone. I'm sure Kim and Mel could chime in in that confession as well. Whatever the case today, I want to lead us through a discussion on how do we stabilize ourselves that we might be prepared for whatever unfolds tomorrow. In other words, how do we emotionally position ourselves on the inside with an unknown future prowling on the outside? It's a big, big, big question. So we're going to go ahead and start out today. So Kim, can you... uh, remember a time and you say oh yeah yeah I can remember a time (laughs) as of now or maybe when you were in a rough spot what thoughts did you have about the future or even did you have thoughts about the future when I was in a rough spot yes um I have had lots of rough spots Mm -hmm. some have involved marriage some have involved children some have involved my own thoughts being twisted up in my head I think typically when I find myself in a rough spot my first response is oh no, this is not what I signed up for. God has forgotten me. I feel overlooked. Um, I'm a bit in a panic whenever I'm in a rough spot. Usually it produces some tears, and that's not popular at my house when you're raising four boys. Mm -hmm. They don't don't want to see you cry. Um, I hope that answers your question. That's my immediate feeling, like I'm panicked, and I think, Maybe I heard God wrong, or maybe he forgot me. Sure, exactly. I get that. Mel, how about you? When you're uh, in a rough spot or something, what, what what have been your thoughts about the future? We have moms listening today that maybe are in a, emotionally upside down. And, you know, what thoughts have you had in times like that? I like to do this really healthy thing and convince myself um, that there's no issues, and I'll distract myself. Ooh, denial, that's um, good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, so I'll get busy doing other things and just wear myself out, and then I get to the end of that road and the problem's still there. So I've had to really be aware and make myself sit in that mm-hmm. um, and feel my feelings and um, just have a moment. So I am all about distraction and denial whenever I'm panicked or yes. the future is uncertain. Right. That sounds so familiar. Well, you know, <laughs> I we get that. You know, oftentimes... Um, it just produces worry, of course, and we all know that worry does nothing but compiles a catalog of 
worst case scenarios. Right. And the more we do that, the worse we get. But I can worry about, uh, you know, either that or the economy or so many things. You know, it's just part of the culture that we live in. It's part of the package we got when we signed up to be a human, you know. So uh, we just hope what we have to offer to you today is going to bring some helpful insight to that. I know often... Uh, there are circumstances I want God to change, but I'm afraid instead God is going to sometimes use those circumstances to change me. Yes. And, uh, oh, that's a, that's hits hard. But anyway, I want to tell you that in my quiet thoughts not too long ago, I was uh, trying to get over a worry bump. And many of you know what those are, have them now maybe. And God brought to my mind, it was like a stinger. Have you ever had that happen when you were praying or you were thinking and all of a sudden God just stung you with a couple mm-hmm. of can- questions and I was so convicted and I was ooh, I, it just kind of stung a little bit and I thought well, I'm just going to share those today I was in an emotional bend and they have really helped keep me on track so I am excited to share these three questions with you and hopefully you will be able to get gleaned from it a bit so here's the first question I'm sitting there minding my own business and and enjoying my worry might that's all over me and I just felt the Lord say Pam where are you placing your confidence and it just stunned me a minute because we all know what faith is you know what we think but you know faith is an ambiguous word it's hard to define what it is but faith is confidence in God and so where do you place your confidence where do you place your trust your reliance your credence uh your hope your anchor and you know I when I'm worrying I can guarantee you I'm not placing it where I should but sometimes that confidence is that place that most uh satisfies our soul and Mm -hmm. we place our confidence in the wrong thing you know um so Mel can you tell me maybe your number one go-to faulty place that you run to uh, to get a sense of well-being uh, when you're maybe emotionally upside down. Yeah, I think the complicated thing about being a human is that um, I fully believe that God is in control. I have scriptures to back that up. I have experiences. But in those moments, I almost believe that I am God, that I'm in control. And so mm-hmm. I will put – it's the same thing I do when I'm worrying about the future. I will just put all of the pressure on myself, and I'll work really hard. Right. Um, so I'll get distracted with my job um, and just look for the sense of accomplishment and work harder and do more. And um, there I am again, just at the end of that road. Sure. Yeah. So you turn to your abilities and your talents and your ability to fix it. Yes, okay. I do. And okay. then that gets me in a lot of in that. Okay. Gets me in trouble. Yes. <laughs> I can totally read. Well, I mean, I'm looking at her like shaking my head like, yeah, oh, that was my, can I say ditto? Uh-huh. Because right. for me, whenever it's a. When I feel unsettled and I can't control my kids or my finances or, um, you know, people, I like to control people, when I can't control those things, I do, just like you, Mel, I kind of tend to, I love to work. Mm -hmm. And so I'll almost find some sense of uh, safety Mm -hmm. in work because I know I can do that well. I know I can control that. Sure. And so, I, I mean, I totally agree with that. I just... Sometimes I'll just pour myself into whatever little job I'm doing at the time. Yes, you I know? love and that. It, and it's accomplishment. Mm-hmm. It's it's somebody saying to me, good job. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at other circumstances in my life, you might not say, good job, Kim. You might mm-hmm. say, ooh, yeah, you you're a wreck. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you, need, you need to think about that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I'm hearing y'all say you place your confidence in your work, your talent, your ability to change it you know so often something that makes us feel like i was successful in that something tangible you know with our kids 
we can be doing all the right things and then they're still acting like a bunch of squirrels mm -hmm. but because we're just not experiencing what it might look like 20 years down the road yeah but with a in a task mm -hmm. yeah I can fix that I can finish that by dinner and feel good about mm -hmm. it right well sometimes <laughs> oh we place our confidence kind of in our kids behavior mm -hmm. and don't do that because you will I guarantee you're going to be upside down more than you realize <laughs> but we place our confidence in, in our kids our career our relationships our ability to do better you know, our circumstances, and all of these lead us down a hurtful road. So God said, Pam, where are you placing your confidence? That's so good. I had to stop and think about where I was placing my confidence. I know often I have expectations of other people, and when they don't act the way I think they should, it creates a problem, can make me emotionally upside down, and yet I know uh, on the spiral of emotional wellness, expectations lead to bitterness and bitterness to resentment and resentment to ingratitude and ingratitude to depression. It just goes down. Yeah. So it's just a... Uh. I always say that the key oh to happiness is expectation management. Okay. You know, <laughs> that is so good. So, you know, in other words, I'm not expecting y'all nope. to say anything in this podcast that makes sense. So if you do, That's it's right. a plus. See? Okay. Good. See how happy, See how happy we are? No wonder I'm smiling. Okay. So anyway, you know, I can't help but think of a scripture as we're talking about this that the Bible says in Jeremiah 7, 17 or somewhere that it says, but blessed, that means happy, mm -hmm. favored is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Yeah. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm maybe today you're needing to be blessed and feel favored. So I was needing to feel that. So maybe it's a question for you where That's are you placing good. your confidence today? Um, you know what? Um, I know that sold out commitment in God doesn't happen naturally and I don't know that it's permanent I think we we are in this process of journey we're in hopefully every day we're getting more and more like Christ but we never get there we never quite say I got this I'm right you know but anyway um it takes two things I think um sold out confidence in my life and it's repeated adversity it <laughs> Oh, that's aren't you so glad fun. Aren't you glad yes. you joined today? Thanks for telling me, Pam. I'm going to click <laughs> off right here. No way, don't. I got an answer to it. Repeated adversity uh, where God somehow takes us to the end of ourselves. And maybe you're there today, friend. And God has directed you to this podcast for a reason, for a season to hear Kim, to hear Mel, to hear me, to hear the Spirit speaking to us. And just wrap your arms around that and listen a moment. So repeated adversity, I'm sorry to say, and practice dependence that's good on him and it's practice because it takes practice do you feel that way yes absolutely <sighs> absolutely i feel like i have been learning to depend on the character of god learning to depend on his faithfulness i can remember like since i was about 10 you know and now at many more years older than 10 I remind myself he has always been faithful. I have always been able to depend on him. So depending on him now comes a little bit quicker that, you know, that switch that says trust him, trust him in you this. you practiced. I've practiced, so it comes a little quicker. Still a conscious effort, mm -hmm. but, but it is a matter of practice. You, things that you practice become almost second nature. They become more natural to you. Mm -hmm. So if you practice depending on the character of God, so, Mel, let me ask you, what would you say to a single mom listening who's brand new to the thought, who's brand new today to even the thought of depending on God? Where in the world does she start? This seems so foreign to her. Yeah, I think, I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? Um, I came to this place of um, even after I knew that I could trust in the Lord and 
that he was the champion that was fixing everything. I, I imagine he gets so annoyed with me because I'm very quick to forget. <laughs> um, gosh, you know. And so I would say, what do you have to lose? And that you don't have to do this all on your own. I cannot imagine going through this without having the peace that the Lord brings you and that reality that you don't have to keep it all together, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. he's got this, um, and give yourself some grace there. So what do you have to lose? Um, Go ahead and let someone um, who created you take care of all of this stuff with you. It's good. I love that because it's so practical. I really appreciated a practical answer there that just really is real and practical, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. You know, um, if if you haven't studied God's Word, I'm just giving you a little forehint that in the days leading up before we were born in this age in the Old Testament, many biblical heroes that God did great work in, they became very, very needy, and that was part of his plan. I can't help but think of Gideon in the book of Judges, how God allowed him the quote <laughs> opportunity uh, <laughs> to be an emotional wreck. Uh, can you imagine he was facing the Midianites, the, their enemy with 135,000 men, and Gideon's army was getting whittled down to 32,000 and then 16,000, then 300. He faced this army with 100 men. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. You know, we, we feel like we're doing that today and raising our kids. Right. But uh, God, God did an amazing thing, and it was a miraculous. So, you know, um, Gideon learned adversity doesn't uh, throw us um, for a loop. It, it's it's it also, it's often part of God's plan, and it is. So I love to think back on, you know, God's he's been at this a long time, and he knows what he's doing. Right. So that was my first question, and I will ask you again, where do you place your confidence? And then the second question he's at me with was— <laughs> Um, it came from um, a Bible verse, one of my favorite Bible verses in Psalm 27. It says, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Yeah. And um, he said, Pam, what name are you trusting in me? And I, I couldn't think of a one hardly until I really moved my mind in that way. So I want to ask him and Mel, let's brainstorm together and let's give these moms some names, some powerful names from God's word that they can rely on to give them confidence. And um, there's there's so many of them. Um, I'll start with one. Uh, He is the mighty one, which means that, (laughs) friends, he's the only one that owns the future. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he is mighty, and the word says um, that he is your savior and redeemer, and he he made your future. He has your future. He's the mighty one. And so when I sit there and think, my confidence is not is in the mighty one. I speak those words, the mighty one. It it does something for me. It's good. So Kim, do you have what names do you think of of, of Jesus or God that well up within you strength to place your confidence in that character of God? Yeah, I would probably say, you know, the master of time. Mm -hmm. When I think about difficult things that come my way, they're usually unexpected. Like if you expect something, you can kind of plan for it. Usually it's this curveball from left field, and you're like, oh, did not see that coming. But when I think about the character of God who knows everything from the beginning to the end, who says that all of my days were written down before one of them came to be, then I can I can confidently believe he saw this coming. This was not a surprise to him. 
I am losing it, but he already knows. Mm -hmm. That's good. Like, I don't have to know what's around the corner. I just have to follow the one who knows all of it, who knows the end. So I have quieted my heart many times, just praising him for being the master of time, the master of the unexpected. Like, it's unexpected to me, but this is not a surprise to him. Sure. So I might as well just settle myself down Mm -hmm. and move along. I do love that. I do love that. That's so good. Mel, does anything come to your mind? You know, I daily need Jesus to be the forgiver. Um, And I think of this story, one of my favorite stories in Scripture in Luke 7, where we find Jesus having dinner with our favorite people, the Pharisees. And (laughs) this woman comes up. And and, and my favorite part of this story is we don't know her name. She's just a sinful woman. And we've all had that name Mm -hmm. at times. And she brings her alabaster jar and she does this Mm -hmm. strange thing where she cracks it open and starts wiping Jesus's feet with it and her tears. And there's this moment where he should be embarrassed and annoyed and this woman is kissing my feet and all of these things. And he turns that strange, awkward moment into a forgiveness moment, into Mm -hmm. this teaching moment. And I need to be reminded that we serve a Jesus that didn't just do these big things and die on the cross and heal people, but he also allowed a sinful woman to sit at his feet and to allow the room to fill with that perfume. And I need that Jesus to show Mm -hmm. up for me. That's good. Um, When I'm in this broken moment where all I can do is lay on the floor and shatter everything that I have at his feet and that I need him to be a forgiver for me. I love that. So you can say, I place my confidence in the forgiver. Yeah. And that just that, oh man, I love that. I place my confidence in the forgiver, Mel. I place my confidence in the master of time, Kim. Um, You know, I thought of a name of Jesus the other day uh, that Jesus, the Bible says Jesus, he called him the man of sorrows Mm -hmm. because the trip to the cross was hard and it was sorrowful and he was taking on our sins and transgressions and he's called a man of sorrow. And I'm thinking, I'm placing my confidence in the one who understands what I'm going through. He understands my sorrow. He's been there. I don't know. I guess <laughs> as women, sometimes we just want somebody to, to understand how yes. we feel, yes. how, do, how we feel. And um, so I can come to the man of sorrows because he knows how I feel, and that brings me comfort. So I love that. You know, also the, the teacher, mm. John thirteen thirteen, it's saying um, – Jesus, Jesus used that term, the teacher, when he said, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. And so he's telling the people, I am the teacher. When I am broken and I am, and I am like feeling in a state of panic, I can sit before the Lord and I can honestly say, Father, teach me what it is you want me to see in your word. Mm-hmm. I can open up the word and I can ask the Holy Spirit to do his transforming work in me and to teach me. And when you come before him with a teachable spirit, with hands open, and yes. you say, teach me, yes. then he does meet us right where we are. Mm-hmm. And he does do all those things and, and bring all those, um, he just, I don't know how to say it. Like, he builds our spirit, and we can believe what is true yes. when we're asking him to teach us. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is wonderful. You know what? Another thing on on uh, him being a teacher, it reminds me that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Uh, and he said, you know, we know you're the teacher, 
you know, who has come from God. And so, you know, we need to turn to him as teacher. And many times in the Gospels, I don't know, many, many times, probably over 50 times, the Bible refers to him as teacher. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our kids need a teacher. They need us. And we need a teacher so we'll know how to teach them. And we can model for our children what it looks like to have a need for the teacher. Yes. You know, it's okay to say to our kids, this is really hard. Let's mm-hmm. just stop and ask God to, to teach us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to show us his truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that is where we can be super instrumental in the lives of our children is when we model for them what it looks like to be desperate for him and mm-hmm. what it looks like to be open to his to his leading or his teaching. I love that. Which is not in your nature when you're spiraling Hello. out of control no. to no. go. No. Let's learn something. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Let's be spiritual. Right. Let's, yeah. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so true. These are all these are all great um, these are all great thoughts and who God is. And there's many more. So um, one more I just want to mention quickly if you're listening today and you're just an emotional wreck, is that when you practice these things, God says one of his names is the deliverer. He is the one who rescues us from our spirals, from our negative thinking, from our circumstances that we think are will never go away. He is the deliverer. And when we go to bed sometimes and I'm wrapped up in this worry mind or whatever, like I did last night, um, mm-hmm. when I went to bed, I, I told Rich, my husband, I said, we're going to go to bed, and we're going to sing in our hearts songs of deliverance, that God would deliver me from this particular worry. And um, so I love that. I turned to the deliverer last night. <laughs> okay, so, you know, let me quickly get to the third question, friends. And um, uh, and he said, it was a little stinger again, he said, Pam, are you willing to believe and act on what I say about the future? Mm. And I can believe it, but acting on it, mm, no. I, I, mm. So, um, Kim, can you think of times when you struggle the most, um, when you were struggling the most, what has comforted you the most about what God's Word says about the future? When is, I, yeah. When I reflect on times that I, that I have struggled, the thing that brings me the most peace is knowing that he is faithful, that he has always, always been faithful to me. And then I say to him, Lord, you have always been so faithful when I didn't deserve it. Surely, surely this is not the time you're going to drop the ball, mm-hmm. you know. And and maybe for those of you that are listening, you would say, well, I've never seen him be faithful. And I would say to you, like, maybe you just haven't, like, stepped off that cliff and trusted him. Mm-hmm. because he he is but and when you when you grow in that pattern of learning to trust him when things come up and you panic just like your 10 year old kid but still you can go back to he has always been faithful to me and if he was faithful then then surely surely he will not fail me now mm-hmm. you know like and that's the thing that i just say okay lord today i'm going to get up put one foot in front of the other and i'm going to count on you to be who you say you are mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm betting the farm on this today yes. and and just what you said Mel. like what choice do i have i've got no other choice mm-hmm. like this is this is it and so i'm just gonna i'm gonna believe it with everything in my little believer mm-hmm. and i love that go i love that mel do you have any comments you'd like to add to that any any you know what comforts you most about 
yeah. thinking about God's fe- about the future. I remember this moment when I was trying to memorize Colossians one seventeen because it was bringing me a lot of peace. Um, it says God is before all things and He holds all things together. And remember, in my craziness, I want to fix everything. So this was a verse that um, kept coming back to me. And so I was sitting in my room, um, and my son Jax was maybe three or four years old, and I was just hearing all of this ruckus come from his bedroom. And I go to his room, and it looked like that someone had robbed us, but not taken. They had just destroyed everything. They were looking for something in his room. His room was, I mean, the curtain was off. And I, oh, good times. I oh, wow. walk in, and I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm having fun. And I said, you have to clean all of this right now. And he lifted his hands up to me, and he said, Mom, Look at how little my hands are. Oh, stop. I, <laughs> not cool. I cannot clean all of this by myself. Oh, my little hands. Look at how little my hands are. And I remember just laughing. He gets me because I want to be mad at him, but he was cute and funny. And so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to help you. And as I was helping him, the Lord said, Mel, look at how little your hands oh, are. So good. I'll never forget this. And, and that verse brings me so much um, peace and conviction uh, to just stop and say, God, you are before this moment. You are, I, this didn't surprise you. But you hold this together. Yeah, so good. when I'm panicking and trying to fix everything, I will have to go to that and say, God, look how little my hands I are. love I, that. I think I'm going to cry. I know. I cried on a podcast. I'm going to clean it. We have cried on lots of podcasts. <laughs> okay. um, I, I love, love, love the thought of that because we all look at our lives and we're like, yeah, I, I indeed did make this mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was me. It wasn't like. You know, yeah, your hands were big enough mm-hmm. to mess this up. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, oh, I think that I might not ever forget that. I love that I so do much. Too. That is, that is uh, just stunning. That's such a stunning comment. Well, friends, I, um, in closing our podcast today, I want to share with you, after my three grueling questions <laughs> um, that I hashed through, um, what, what the result of it was... Um, the little paragraph I wrote down is I just felt God talking to me just to reassure me that he was worthy of my confidence and I could trust him. Uh, I could trust his will to be done. Not that it might be done my way, but I could just trust that he sees ahead and I was willing to trust him with the outcome. And so these words kind of came. I want to share it in closing. And as I read it, I want you to know I'm not just reading it because it came to me. I'm reading it because I want you to receive it as unto the Lord to you in your circumstance, what you're worried about, where you're emotionally upside down. I want you to receive it from God to you. And it goes like this. The future does not belong to you, Pam. It belongs to me. Your future is in my hands don't worry about tomorrow. I'll get there before you do. I'm in control of all things. I have all power over nature, kings, history, angels, and demons. Even Satan himself has to ask for my permission before he can act. Nothing will ever happen in this universe or in your life outside my influence or authority. I can do all things and accomplish all things, even what seems big to you is small to me. 
I formed you in your mother's womb before you were even conceived. Your days are numbered, and I know every hair on your head. Because I am sovereign, nothing will ever come into your life where you will be without my provisions. And above all, remember this. When you begin to envision the future without me in it, you will fall apart. Beloved, I am with you. Beloved, I love you. Beloved, it's going to be okay. God bless you, dear friends. And at Arise Ministries, we want you to know we have you in our hearts.